Welcome to another episode of Give Me a Buck Podcast, partnered with Wisconsin Sports Heroic. I am your host, Joel Graham. I got my guy, Zach Wright, with me. And you know, we have another guest, Eric, from the Technical File Podcast. Let's get into it. So, Eric, let's go ahead and start about uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Milwaukee, born and raised. Okay, uh, okay. Went and to then- UWM, so I stayed here the entire time. There you go. So when did you um, – do you remember your first, like, time that you started to become a Bucks fan? Yeah. Um, I remember my grandparents – like, the Bucks have just always kind of existed in my life, but I do have a distinct memory. Um, my grandparents had, like, this poster, and I don't know if you guys remember it, but they used to do, like, the little cartoon heads. Um, uh-huh. We're like, yeah. So yep. that I remember from the Bucks. So I remember like Todd Day, Eric Murdoch, Lee Mayberry, like uh oh. was on that team. Like that so it was like ninety-two-ish, I think. Yeah. Uh, which would have yep. made me like four or five. So yeah, that's like my earliest Bucks memory. And I remember being really confused because that was right before they changed the logo. So like their poster had like the old Bucks logo. Exactly. And then like I had NBA Jam and they had like the new Bucks logo. So I was like <laughs> What happened, you know, like, <laughs> right. kind of process, but yeah. So NBA Jam messed you up, man. That's what a little I... Little bit. Was it, was it Brad Lowhouse and Blue Edwards, I think, were the Bucks? <laughs> and um, I didn't realize until I got older that I just missed the tail end of, like, the one of the golden eras. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, being introduced to the Bucks in the early 90s is not, not the greatest entry point. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. Um and I'm going to start off with this question. I'm starting with you, Eric, coming at you first. Would you rather have Drew Holiday or CP3 in the playoffs? Now, this year, I'm just talking solely this year. Don't think about the future. We are solely talking this year. Eric, what you got? Who you pick? Uh, um, I guess full disclosure, you know, coming off of last playoffs, I was – you know, driving the train on pick up CP, pick up CP. Like that was, that was, that was the move I wanted them to make. Um, Especially once I saw like what the trade packages were, like he would have been much less expensive (laughs) to pick up than Drew ended up being. Um, And I mean, I don't think you can really dispute the, the impact that he has had with Phoenix. Um, And I think that what he would have done for Giannis's game would have been, amazing like make him you know like Giannis still has the perimeter skills to drive you know take people off the dribble but like being able to pivot to you know just making him like the most devastating role man in the league like was very enticing to me (laughs) and I think that that can help you know once the wall gets built in the playoffs Mm -hmm. um, also you know knockdown shooter one of the greatest defenders at the guard position in NBA history Um, so it's a long way of saying I think coming into this year, I would have probably said CP, but seeing the way that Drew has fit on this team, I'm interested to see how that looks in the playoffs because it does give them a different dynamic and it kind of like their creation is kind of spread around a little bit more, which I think is more in line with what Bud wants to do, more in line with what Giannis wants to do, right? Um, as opposed to just being fed all the time. So I think, and I mean, like the defense is like the de- defensive versatility of Drew is just so much more than Chris Paul. Yeah. So I, th- now, I think I'm leaning more towards Drew. 
so you're leaning more towards Drew. Now, Chris Paul has led the league in steals for a couple of years. So, I mean, right now, I think Drew is the leader in steals right now. Um, and you still sticking with as far as like I am just because like I mean Eric Bledsoe is one of the best defensive guards in the league, mm-hmm. and you know we've had him the last two years, and it's been it's been a great luxury to have. But having somebody like Drew that can put, uh, defend up, somebody that can defend twos, threes, fours, I see, you know, can switch onto a five like that that is invaluable to me because right. like if we didn't have Drew on this team, I don't know if we have anybody that can guard. LeBron. We don't have anybody necessarily that can guard James Harden. We don't have anybody that can guard. I mean, I'll say Jimmy Butler at this point. You know, like yeah, I get you. That that's their wing defender, right? Um, that's the primary assignment guy. So I think that having that type of defense as opposed to just strictly point guard defense is it's very valuable. Okay, so you're going with Drew, Zach. Who are you going with? Uh, CP3 <laughs> or Drew solely this year, right now? If you can make that switch. I would go Chris. I would go Chris Paul in this situation. I think he kind of hit it on the head though too. With really the only thing that you would take Drew over Chris is his ability to guard really one through five almost. But Chris Paul is not a bad defender at all. <clears throat> so I think you're not losing really too much on the defensive end. I think with Giannis and PJ Tucker and other luxuries on the defensive end, you can still figure out ways to guard the other team with Chris Paul guarding the opposing team's point guard or even shooting guard. But I think what he gives you offensively, being able to just kind of take over the game, control the offense, control the flow of the game. I think he would, I, I think Drew's going to do all right with the Bucks in the playoffs better than what Bledsoe was doing. And but they're going to perform better than they have in the past. But I think Chris Paul would be able to kind of take even a bigger step for Giannis to kind of take a lot of pressure away from him. And Chris Paul would take that on him. Because, I mean, if you just look at the playoffs last year, I know we're talking about this year, but Chris Paul took a Thunder team, who's like the 13th seed in the West right now, who's very similar roster to last year's roster, and he took the Rockets to seven games last year in the playoffs. So if you put Chris Paul with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and all those guys, I I could see Chris Paul having the biggest playoff run of his career. Right now, the furthest he's made it was the Western Conference Finals when he had six-phase Golden State every year. So I could and Drew, he Chris Paul has a lot more playoff experience than Drew Holiday does. Um, so overall, I think I would take Chris Paul. Okay, okay. So Eric, you got Drew. Zach, you got CP. <sighs> this is a tough one for me, man, because I really love Drew. I've been watching Drew for a long time, and um, I think I got to go with CP on this one, though. And if we're just talking this year, and let me tell you why. It's solely because Drew Holiday is defensively best in the league. You know, like everybody has said, Damian Lillard, KD, you know, AD, you know, all of them say he's the best defender, right? But, yes, defense can win you some games, but I just don't think that Drew has that mentality like CP3. So Drew will play the game – to win the game, but CP3 is more like, I'm not going to let us lose kind of mentality. So that's why I got to take CP3 in this one, just off the offensive, like, hey, I mean, you got to look, the Suns and the Bucks just a couple, you know, uh, games ago, right? Um, 
we were up seven, ten points with what six point with six minutes left. And what does CP3 do? He took over and said, I'm not gonna let us lose that game. Granted, he put Lopez through the ringer for the for the next five, six minutes. But I think that's the difference between Drew and CP3 offensively is Drew, he'll play to win the game, but CP3 will not let you lose the game, you know? So I got to go with CP3 on this one. Um, So, uh, Eric, let me ask you this. Who do you think is better now? You said Drew is better than Chris or is better than uh, Chris Paul. So who's better? Do you think Drew or Chris Middleton? Who's our second option? Uh, I tweeted this out probably two months ago. Uh, I forget which game, but it was one of the national TV games. And it's basically that um, the sooner the Bucks and Buzz specifically, <laughs> and I guess Chris, realizes that Drew Holiday is their second best player, the better. Okay. Um, I mean, people have said it for years that Chris Middleton is like the best number three player in the league. It's just <laughs> he's been miscast as the number two. Um, and I think bumping him down that pecking order, like it really doesn't make much of a difference, but I think that putting the ball in Drew's hands yeah. in clutch situations may be more fruitful than it has been for Chris to this point. Okay, so so what you're saying pretty much is um, the quicker that Drew, Chris, but the whole team understands that Drew is the second option, is no longer Chris Middleton, we'll be better off. Yeah. Okay, 100%. so – so, Eric, do you think Chris has hit his ceiling already? I think hitting hitting his ceiling denotes that it's all downhill from here, which I don't necessarily agree with. But I do think that this plateau is where he'll stay until his decline starts. Okay. So okay. this is about the best that we're going to get from Chris Middleton. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, And this is where he's been for about the last two years anyway. Yeah, that around the the 20 points a game-ish kind of, Mm -hmm. which is a great third option. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I would want my third option averaging 20 points a game, you know. Um, But, okay, so you got Drew is our second option, and you think Chris has pretty much hit his ceiling, you know, and he's going to continue to be where he's at until he falls off. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So we talked about Drew. We talked about Chris. So what player is most important um, to the Bucks winning the championship? Zach, I'm going to start with you on this one. I'm going with Chris Middleton's the most important player throughout the playoffs. I think, I think Giannis and Drew are going to be the two best players on the Bucks on the court at all times. But I think it, it all comes down to, how Chris Middleton performs throughout the playoffs, because if he's not playing well, it allows defenses to kind of sag off him a little bit more and put more focus on Giannis and Drew Holiday. But like you were saying, if you have a third option, who's putting up 20 to 23 points a game in the playoffs, you're not leaving his side at all. And that's going to open up a lot of things for Giannis and Drew Holiday to do what they do. So I think it all comes down to how Chris Middleton performs. Cause if he doesn't, if he's just putting up, a quiet 15 a game mm-hmm. he's not going to be much of a focus at all so I think it's just going to be too hard for Giannis and Drew Holiday to then perform at the level they should so I think it all comes down to how how Chris Middleton performs so you got Chris Middleton being the most important piece Eric who do you have most important piece for the Bucks winning the championship this year I, <laughs> I say this with love and it's more constructive criticism than anything but it's Giannis like the 
if you look at the series that they've lost the last two years, he hasn't played up to his standard. Right. Um, and, you know, you can blame Bledsoe not being able to shoot and, you know, Nikola Miritich not being able to hit his shot. Uh, oh or Miritich, man. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, really, it's it's been his deficiencies have been exposed in the, you know, higher high-pressure moments. Yeah. Um, so if he can sustain, you know, his regular season dominance in the playoffs or at least, like, has counters to – you know, the wall or the defense that the, the opponent is throwing out, I think that, you know, nothing's stopping this team from being a championship. Like, they've in, they've improved the team around them. Um, like, they've tinkered with uh, versatility both on offense and defense this year. So, like, right. yes, Bud needs to be less rigid in the playoffs, but, like, they've at least made those strides. So, I think that he's in the best situation – kind of, <laughs> uh, that he's been put in so far. So it's kind of up to him at this point. To... Okay, so so you're saying Giannis um, needs to take us to the next level. Um, so do you think Giannis is a true superstar? Oh, 100%. I just, like, you know, he's, he's ran into teams that were built basically to stop yeah. what he does well. Right. And he didn't have a counterpunch to that. And that, you know, I mean, he still averaged, what, like 24 and 12 or something. You know, like he still got his numbers. Yeah. Uh, he just he didn't wasn't. dominate how he exactly. normally dominates a game. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, like, it, again, it's not a knock on him. Like, these are the best teams in the league for a reason. Like, True. you know, the last two teams that he's lost to have gone on to the NBA Finals. So, it's not like he's losing to scrubs or anything. <laughs> you know, it's just he ran into a team that, that was uniquely – situated to uh to stop what he does well so gotcha. he, he needs to come up with the counters to to get over that especially that wall i don't understand how the wall is still a thing this has been two three years out and how have we not decided hey how about we do something that you know that helps Giannis with the wall you know maybe have him not bring the ball up or have him run the 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 um the lanes, you know, um, it's so crazy to me. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why I was like driving a bus on the Chris Paul thing. It's like, if Giannis can't get through the wall, you know, off the dribble, like find somebody that can pass over the wall or somebody that's going to manipulate the defense so that the wall can't be, you know, as effective, like chip chip some holes into it, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. And that's why I think CP3, and that's why I think CP3, he has that IQ. Like, mm-hmm. it's certain players that's just really a high IQ players. Like, you can't – you do this, they're going to do this. They have a counter for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Giannis has a counter to the wall yet. That's why they still have to do it. Um, but you said Giannis. Zach, you said Chris. And um, I'm not mad at both of those, but I think it's really Drew Holiday um the key to us winning a championship and that's because we had Bledsoe as our point guard and we thought we were going to win the championship and we almost did you know um we were up 2-0 you know against the Raptors um and this is with Eric Bledsoe you know uh so now we don't have Eric Bledsoe we know what Giannis is going to give us whether he dominates or not he's going to give us we know what he's going to give us he's, he's going to give us 20 something points maybe even 30 uh, double-digit 
rebounds and however many assists. Chris Middleton, he's going to be inconsistent in the playoffs. So we know what those two can bring to the playoffs. We haven't had a playoffs with Drew Holiday yet. So I think Drew Holiday is most important. I think he needs to figure out a way to kill this wall. Um, I think we need to use him more, use his IQ. Uh, But, Zach, like you were saying, he hasn't really been too deep into the playoffs. So I think it's some pressure on Drew, you know, to perform. Um, And I think he's probably the most important part because, like you were saying earlier, Eric, with uh, his defensive versatility, he can guard one through a five, essentially, um, depending who's at the five. So, Eric, I know you said Giannis is the most important. Do you think Giannis should stop shooting three-pointers? Now, Once we get to the playoffs. Like 30% right yeah. now. I mean, in the playoffs. I, I, sorry about that. In the playoffs, do you think he should stop shooting threes? Yeah, I don't, I don't see any – like any offensive possession that ends with a Giannis three, whether it's wide open or cont- – I mean, he never shoots them contested, but whether it's wide open or not, like I don't I don't think that's a good outcome. Like I think that's what the defense wants you to do. Like it's good to work on it during the regular season. It's something that he has to keep working at to get better in the future, but I don't think there's any way in this playoffs in 2021 that it's going to ever be a threat. Like he can hit six threes in a game. Like they're still not going to guard him. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so if you're the – so you're saying he should stop shooting three. So where else would you, if you're the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, where are you putting Giannis? Are you putting him at the top of the key and having him go one-on-one? Or, Well, I mean, like, he's st- – first of all, I think they moved him off the top of the key. Like, he's kind of attacking from the elbow – not an elbow extended, but kind of like from the – I know what you're saying. like that. Right. Like, yeah. not necessarily from the top of the key. So they're, they're changing up his angles. Um. And I mean, he's still very effective at it, at least in the regular season. It's like if it keeps, if it works, keep going to it, but have plan B ready to deploy like instantly. If, you know, like if it gets to a point where the wall is like, okay, this is effective, like I can't get through it, like you need to have that counter, like like you said before. And that's what we, man, we, we don't always have a counter to whatever the other team is doing. And that's on Coach Bud. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to put a little pressure on the the players too. Like if they see that this is happening, like you're out there, you're in it, you know, sometimes you can see like, Hey, this dude is holding me this way. How do I supposed to do it? So I got to put some of that pressure on um, Giannis as well. Um, So Zach, do you think Giannis should stop shooting threes for the playoffs? I think it comes down to exactly what you guys were just talking about. If, if they have him set at the, on the perimeter to that attack, from the top I think you have to let him shoot threes just to get defenders to at least bite at it a little bit they're not going to fully close out on him but at least draw some attention out to the three-point line because if he turns into just just a Ben Simmons now you're basically just allowing a one-man wall to be in the paint because they're not coming out of him at all so I think if you're setting him up to be that guy from the perimeter who's then going to attack I think he, he has to at least take a couple threes a game. I don't want him taking threes and just transition of just like pulling up because no one's picking him up, which I've seen him do a few times here and there in the regular season. But if it's getting the shot clocks going down, really isn't too many plays and how he usually just like attacks the rim. I would, I, I would say shooting a few threes here and there isn't going to hurt him at all. And maybe 
if he does make one, at least get them to second guess themselves if they should come out a little bit. Um, but I know, as you were saying, if he does make six, they're going to still live with that at the end of the day. But I think it is just something you got to do to gain some respect from out there so they can't just sit in the paint. Okay. Um, but with coaching changes, I think I would like him not to shoot threes, but then at the same time, I there's really no point of him being on the perimeter for that long throughout the possession. I think he should be more mid-range to kind of deal. posting up to post up a little bit more. Um, and then they can't build that wall because he's already starting the post. He can get good position. And he's, yeah, he just says power forward, but he's really bigger than most guys on the court, regardless if there's a center down there. So I would like to see basically what you were saying with you have to have different options. I would like to see them throw some different options out there. But if, if the one option is that he's on the perimeter, I think he's got to at least shoot a couple threes. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, like, it sounds good in theory. And, like, yeah, starting them closer to the basket negates the wall a little bit, but it does just allow the defense to really just collapse on him. And it's true. Um, so, like, I would rather, even if they're sagging off, like, give them a running start. Like, that <laughs> That hasn't stopped him to this point. Yeah. At least consistency, consistently. Um, so, like, even if the threat of the three isn't there, like, you're still giving him a runway to get, you know, to find the angle to slide past the wall unless you, you know, like you make it impervious. So, right. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm yeah, the only of, thing I'd be, I'd be worried about a little bit too, though, is foul trouble. He seems to get a lot of fouls called on the offensive end. And I think it's large part due to that runway and yeah, he gets through most of the time, but every once in a while, he's kind of just out of control picks up that offensive foul that he can't be as aggressive on the defensive end. And I think his passing while he still can pass out of that when he is just on his runway down to the lane, I think his passing from the post would be even better. Cause if you're saying they're just going to double down and trap him a little kick out to Forbes or DiVincenzo or Chris Middleton, I think it's just a quick catch and shoot for them rather than him just running full sprint. And then possibly the pass isn't going to be, right at their chest. I think it, right. it could help the other teammates get some better looks offensively as well. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's a good point too. As far as like when Giannis, like you were saying, Eric, when he's going full speed, you know, he does get a lot of offensive fouls on him, you know, with that one. I think he's um, been better this year about it though. Like I think that he is learning how to avoid charges a little bit. Like he hasn't been in foul trouble as much this year. Or at least it doesn't feel like it. Like somebody could probably look at the numbers and, <laughs> and yeah. dispute that, but. From the yeah. eye test, it seems like he's he's gotten better at you know like he has that little short, not quite a floater, but he, you know he can kind of stop and pop over the defense or stop, yeah, kick out pass. I think I I, I agree with you on that one, Eric. I, I think he has been getting better with you know like I think he's starting to figure it out. Like he's still going to get offensive fouls, but mm-hmm. I think he's not just like barreling forward. I think he like mm-hmm. takes it slow. And then he speeds up, like use that speed burst. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, Giannis, I, I'm kind of in the middle of both of you. Um, I want Giannis to shoot threes, but I think I would put a cap on it. If I was Bud, I'm putting Giannis in the post or trying to put him in the post. Yeah, defenses collapse on him, but if you get him in the post and have him do a move real quick, you know, they can't really, you know, collapse on that. Um I, I would put a cap on Giannis's three-point shooting because, yes, that's what teams want you to do. You're only shooting, what, 30%? 
I don't know if I really want you shooting those threes that much, man. I mean, he does attempt, I think it's three or four a game, which isn't like a terrible amount, but if you can get those shots where you're more comfortable, you know, like I, I like it better that way. Um, so Eric, let me ask you this. So this is one that we asked uh, a lot of our uh, guests on here. Who do you want down the stretch? Let's say we're going to play the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they got the three-headed monster over there. Who do you want guarding who? Who do you want guarding Kyrie? Who do you want guarding Harden? Who do you want guarding Kevin Durant? Out of our currently constructed team right now. Just the starting lineup, or I can throw just those three, just those three. No, I'm, I know. I'm. I'm saying from the from the Bucks starting lineup players, or can I throw like PJ in there? Like how you can do our whole okay. team, our whole team. Yep. Uh, ideally, I guess I, I have two answers. So with with okay. the starting matchups, like I would at least see what Dante can do on Kyrie. Like I don't know if it's going to end well, but I would much <laughs> rather save Drew for uh, James Harden. Okay, and then okay. put Giannis on KD. Um, All right, so so or, you got, so you got yeah. Dante getting his workout with Ky- Kyrie, and yep. you got Drew or yeah Drew holding Harden, mm-hmm. and then Giannis on KD. Yeah. Okay. Because so at least the way the at least the way that the the Nets have kind of explained it is that this is James Harden's offense, so he's going to be initiating everything. Ah. So I would rather have Drew. I see. Try to cut off the head of the snake. I as see. opposed to chasing around Kyrie. Like, Kyrie's going to get his buckets, and Dante's yeah. just going to have to work. But yeah, I think James Harden is more destructive to, you more know, like what the Bucs are trying to do. Yeah. More important, because he can distribute the ball. So who? what was your option two? Uh, well, the option two would have been, like, those same two on the, you know, like, Dante on Kyrie, James Harden, and – Drew, but then Chris Middleton on KD, so that you can keep Giannis as the rover, because like that is like that's the linchpin of their defense. Like if you stick Giannis on somebody that you're not really that afraid of, like Bruce Brown or well, not Joe Harris because that's that, but right, like whoever they have at center, like yeah, that like a allows Giannis to kind of help off and like just muck stuff up. Oh, okay, he's basically like a defender on everybody as opposed to like just sticking them on KD, which right. I mean, KD still going to get his. So you're okay with Chris Middleton's defense. Is that what I hear? I'm okay okay with it in the, in the, I'm okay with it in the, in the idea that he's at least going to be where he needs to be. And like, he's not going to lock anybody down, but he's a good positional defender. Like he knows how to play passing lanes. Like, He's a competent defender, which it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but, like, there are a lot of people who aren't. So, right. um, like, he can at least bother them, make it make shots tough, and you can concede a little bit to get Giannis in his most optimal role on defense. Mm, okay, okay. So, so what you're pretty much saying is Chris Middleton on KD you don't have a problem with as long as – you know, Giannis is the roamer or the helper mm-hmm. on that. You're okay with that. And Chris Middleton, uh, you did the backward <laughs> compliment. Uh, okay, okay. Plus, so, like, KD, like, I'm not sure, if, you know, 
first of all, he can't stay on the court at this point. But, yeah. you know, Katie off the Achilles, like, he doesn't quite have the same burst that he has. So, like, somebody with limited foot speed like Chris may have a better shot of staying in front of him. And, I mean, he, Chris is long, too. So, it's not like Katie's just – I mean, Katie shoots over everybody, but it's not like, yeah. you know, just pick and pop. And, obviously, and I think in the past, Katie has said that Drew, Hart, Drew Holiday is, like, the worst person to guard him. Like, he just mm-hmm. – so, if, you know, Katie is just getting off, you can you always have that luxury to switch Drew wherever he needs to be. Yeah, and see that's what I would have done. Now, mine, uh, I would put that's a good uh, point that you had with the James Harden being like the 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 head of the snake. But I had Drew Holiday on Kevin Durant um, because Kevin Durant said that Drew Holiday is the best wing defender and give him problems. So obviously, Drew did something to to. To, and KD is going to be very efficient. So I need Drew Holiday over there. And then I had Kyrie uh, working out Dante. Um, and then I had PJ Tucker on Harden. Uh, just because, like, they played together a million times. And, like, I just think he knows his moves and stuff like that. I like PJ Tucker as a um, defender. Um, but I think, Zach, you had the same like the same lineup as uh, Eric, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I threw P.J. Tucker in there every once oh, in a while right. down the stretch because I think him and sometimes even Portis will be in the lineup together down the stretch. Um, but I do like what he was saying with the Drew Holiday on Harden because um, yeah. I do think basically you're right. Whoever you throw out Kyrie Irving, he's going to get his regardless of who's guarding him. And if right. it's an off night, it's more so because he's just having an off night and it's probably not do strictly to the defense right but i think and same with kd there's really nothing you can take away from him he's gonna shoot over you he's taller than you you can maybe make him a little uncomfortable but for the most part kd's gonna get his where i feel like harden is you can take away at least one of his go-to because you can either pretty much stop his penetration or you stop his step back you live with one of one or two Right, Because if you're just trying to guard him straight up and you give him what he wants, then he's unstoppable. But I feel like Drew Holiday can – I know the Bucks did it a couple years ago, which you're not going to want to do this in the playoffs, but they basically just played behind him and just forced him to drive. Gotcha. So I think with Drew Holiday, you can put schemes out there to take certain things away. And to Eric's point, if he's running the offense, you can basically control what the Nets are going to do based off how you guard Drew Holiday. Whereas if you waste Drew Holiday's defensibility on Kyrie, yeah, he'll get a few stops here and there, but Kyrie, his handles are insane. You're not going to be able to force him to do one thing or the other. Right. Whereas I think Harden, you can kind of control that a little bit more. Um, so I, I like that kind of control in the whole offense with putting Drew on Harden. Yeah, that was a good point, Eric. Um, so now we go – now we all said that um, Dante's going to get worked out by Kyrie. Um so with Dante getting worked out by Kyrie, Eric, what's Dante's ceiling? Dude, like, like what? I don't think he's taken that step forward offensively that, you know, I want him to. I think he's hovering around nine, ten points a game. I thought he was going to be maybe 13, 14 points, you know, but his offense – the best way I can describe it, it looks unorganized, man. And him, he's the new Eric Bledsoe on offense. To me, 
That's my opinion. To me, he's the new Eric Bledsoe. He goes to the, he's missing layups. He goes to the hole. He jumps, uh, tries to do this jump pass. Um, uh, what do you think, uh, Eric? What's what's Dante's ceiling? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I I need to nip this now. I don't I don't stand for Eric Bledsoe slander. Like that is <laughs> like I know I know what he's done in the playoffs, but like right. I, he was still good for what he was. Yeah, in the regular season. So I, I don't I, I don't I reject that he's the new Bledsoe. But <laughs> um, okay, I I don't know. Like I guess. So wait, let's, it let's all comes back, with- like for deep. For, and like I, I'm, I'm joking to an extent, but like for Divincenzo, I think it all comes down to like, can he start knocking down shots? Like he's a 38 percent three point shooter, which is good. Like it's, it's above right. league average. Like it, it's good, but I think he was billed as a knockdown shooter, like a shot maker, coming out of college. Um, a lot of his three point attempts are wide open, um, so. Yeah, kind of colors that 38 percent a little bit like if he can get up to a consistent 40 percent shooter. Like, I think he's a very solid fourth option on a title contender. I mean, like right now he's like a fifth option on title contender. So um, I don't think that's anything necessarily is needed. Like, could we have a better fifth option? Like a guy that's playing in Atlanta right now? Sure. But (laughs) (laughs) I think that he. I don't think that he necessarily takes away from the Bucks ceiling. as a, as a contender, but I do think that there's room for improvement. And I think that he, if he can get more consistent with his outside shot, you know, like that's all they really need from him. Yeah. So do you think Dante can get up to maybe 15 points a game? Do you think that's, do you think that's his ceiling? Do you think he can be an all-star? Do you think he can average 20 points a game? No, I I think he's, he's, he tops out as like an elite role player. Like, I don't think he, he's ever reaching, all-star consideration. I mean, like he could prove me wrong, but I don't see it from what he's done in the three years that he's been here that yeah. speaks to, you know, all-star potential, but yeah. you know, like if he can be, you know, if he can knock down 40% of his three point opportunities, that probably bumps him up to 12, 13 points a game yeah. um, in a good year, probably 15, 16, which right. I mean, it's decent. Like they, I guess they don't necessarily need like, a scorer from that spot. Like, again, like you have Drew, Chris, and Giannis. Like, there aren't that many shots to go around after right. that anyway, so. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so Zach, what do you think Dante's ceiling is? Like, what – can you think he can be an all-star, 15 points a game, 20 points a game? What do you think, Zach? I don't think he would ever be an all-star, but I do think he can get up to that 14, 15 points a game. Um Looking at where he is this year, though, for playing 27 minutes a game, I don't really ever see if he stays at the box. If he goes elsewhere and gets a bigger role, a lot of this could change. But with what his role is on the box, I don't see his 27 minutes a game going much higher than that. Yeah. And with where he sits around players in the league who are also having 27 a game, a lot of them are right around that 11, 12 points a game. But I think with, as we were saying, I think as he grows and his shooting percentages go up slightly – that would put him into that 14, 15 points a game because he's playing 27 and a half minutes a game right now and he's shooting a decent percentage. Right. Um, so I could, I could see him being a 15 points per game. The only one really up here that averages a lot of points for the minutes that they're getting is Jordan Clarkson, who's averaging 17 a game. 
but I don't see him quite getting to Jordan Clarkson level. <clears throat> um, but I do. I, I think he can get slightly towards that level and get to 15. Um, but where he's sitting at now for minutes, he's right around the league average pretty much. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I realize a simpler way I could have said what I was thinking. And it's Malcolm Brogdon in his last year in Milwaukee averaged 15, four and three, I think on obviously the 50, 40, 90. So like if, if, if uh, Dante can get his shot together, um, like I don't see why he couldn't average 15 um, given the amount of usage that he's going to get at, and he gives you more rebounds. He gives you similar assist numbers. So like, I think he can top out at about what Brogdon was his last year. here. Oh, okay. So, so you're saying that Dante could get up to that, like when Malcolm Brogdon was here, like that kind mm-hmm. of level. Yeah, not Indiana Brogdon, but right, <laughs> Milwaukee right. Brogdon. Not Indiana yeah. Brogdon, not Indiana Brogdon. And that's more of a function of role, obviously. So. Yep, 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 because, you know, Brogdon's usage is a little bit higher, too. So um, now this next question, I'm worried about it, man. Um, I'm worried about him. My guy, Bobby Portis, man. I mean, he's been playing well all season, but when it comes to big games, I was like – where's Bobby? You know, like I'm thinking like, where's our bench? You know, like when these big games happen now, granted, he did play really well against that first game against Philly. All right. And I made the question before that though, but (laughs) I'm worried about Bobby man in these big games because every game in the playoffs is a big game and we, we're going to need the bench to show up. So, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about Bobby in, in those big games. Um, Eric, how do you feel about that? Are you worried about Bobby in those big games? What is our highest bench score right now? Yes, I'm worried about Bobby uh, post-deadline, like during the buyout market season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really gunning for them to get uh, Gorgie Jang, which, I mean, like, he's not a scorer, but I was just worried about the backup big position because it's like Bobby's biggest skill is – scoring um and if he's not able to do that at a high level against good teams then he's kind of useless so i would at least rather have somebody that can defend block shots you know get rebounds somebody's not going to be pushed around because you know for as, as good as bobby is offensively like his defense has been like it's improving, but it it started from a very low place. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, His defense ain't that good, you yeah. know. I don't think he can guard a parked car sometimes, but I no. mean, he can rebound though. I I do like he can rebound. rebound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he steals a couple, but you know, most <laughs> good rebounders do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm I'm worried. Um, you know, accepting that first. Philly game on what was that Tuesday, Wednesday? Um, yeah, Thursday. I don't know. I think this, it might have been week Thursday. Been yeah, whatever week, whatever day it was this week. Um, yeah, aside from that game, like I feel like he hasn't really shown up against the better teams. Um, and to Buzz' credit, like he's kind of recognized that, and I don't think he's gotten many second half minutes in those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, I'm I'm concerned, especially since we don't have that many bench bigs to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like PJ helps, but yeah, but he's not gonna score the ball. No, no. not at all. So corner threes, yeah, but yeah. scoring. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that the, to that point, I'm just saying that 
at least we have some type of produ- some type of positive production from somebody on the bench that we can go to. That's not necessarily like, you know, his role isn't the score, but you, you, again, you still have God. your big three to do that. And they, they, Bud has done a good job of at least having one of those guys on the floor at all times. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Zach, what do you think? Um, are you worried about our best score off the bench, Bobby, um, not showing up in big games? In the regular season, no, I think he'll still show up a little bit. I am a little worried, though, in the playoffs. He doesn't really have much playoff experience. He's only played in one series. And the year that they were in the playoffs, he was a 14 points per game average. And this year, he's 11. And they played the Celtics that year. And they won game one, and he had 19. So he showed up. Okay. They won game two, but he, he barely played, so I can't take that game. And then they lost four straight, where he played his average of slightly over 20 a game. And he had two points, eight points, oh, and man. both under five. So, and that oh, was with years he was averaging, he was averaging fourteen a game. So he was even a better scorer, and more relied on offense for the Bulls that year. And he didn't step up in the playoffs, except for Game One when they won. Man. So I'm curious now is if he's relied on to get those eleven a game in the playoffs, if he's going to be able to do it. But we, all, it's a small sample size. He's only been in one series. They lost in the first round, so that's all we have. But that's the only thing we could take from his playoff experience was he stepped up in game one, but outside of that, he was pretty unimpressive, unimpressive in that game. Man, you know, I didn't know that, Zach. I'm glad you said that because that kind of scares me, man. You didn't put me at ease with that one, man. Like, oh. his only playoff experience, he had 19 his first game, but then he kind of fizzled out. It doesn't give me much hope. Um, so, Eric, Pat versus Wara. Who are you giving more minutes to? Pat? Or do you want to see more of Jordan? I mean, at this juncture in the season, like, I think the player development stage is over. So I would much yeah. rather have somebody that's actually contributing to winning as opposed to seeing, you know, like, seeing what we have. Yeah. Um, I think the last, what, month of the season that we have left needs to be toward with the eye towards, you know, working things out for the playoffs. So sure. I'm very, I'm more than happy with Pat minutes over war. Like I think war has to beat out the NASA for, for a rotation spot before we even get to Pat. So that sound crazy though. Like war has to beat out the NASA for a minute. That's, I mean, Hey, that's our team. So as of right now, you're saying that where we're at right now and at the season, Pat versus war. What about earlier in the season? Who would you have, playing more minutes like more like before the all-star break you know like a little you know a couple games after the all-star break would you still have pat or would you want to see war in there i am a big proponent of player development like i think that that should be like organizationally like i think that that should be your number one priority like Mm -hmm. you have these guys in there like see what you have uh let them work through mistakes to an extent but i also have an understanding of how, you know, team chemistry works and throwing young guys in there that haven't earned their minutes can Mm -hmm. be detrimental. So like, I don't just want to give minutes to a young kid just because, you know, they're a rookie. If he hasn't earned it, like if there are certain things that they want to see in practice, or if there are certain things that they want to see in the spot minutes that they get at the end of the game and they aren't doing those things, like you haven't earned it. So I can't make that determination from the outside looking in. Um, so that's, that's for so Wara, remember Wara had started and he scored 24 points against the Knicks. I think it was last month. 
Mm-hmm. Does that earn you minutes? He scored 20, 20 plus points three times. Yeah, the kid's a bucket. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not disputing that at all. But I also know that he keeps getting chewed out for Bud for what seemed like very uh, obvious defensive lapses. So if you know, like it, it's fine when it's a game against the Knicks where you sit all your starters or against the Hornets when, again, you sit all your starters and it's like, right. well, we don't have anybody else to play, so you're going to get these minutes. Yeah. But, you know, like you have you have to show me that you can do more than just score because, like, when you're out there with Giannis and Chris, like, I'm not wasting their minutes mm-hmm. for a dude that's just going to give up, you know, more points than he scores. Okay, so let me ask you this, and this will be the last Bucks question, then we're going to go into the NBA questions. Because it seemed to be like a mixed review um, on Pat Connaughton. How do you feel about Pat Connaughton? As uh, <laughs> more of an observer of Bucks Twitter than a participant, like I've seen the discourse and like I feel like it's so overwhelmingly anti-Pat that I, f- I find myself kind of defending him because it's like I see at least why Bug gives him minutes. Like I get it. Like you would rather have somebody else in that spot and I would too, but yeah. given the roster composition like I don't know if there's a like I feel better when Pat isn't like there was a a point in the Philly game where like Dante was just like being useless I'm like get Pat back in there because like at least like know that you know he's not locking anybody down but he's at least staying in front of people I mean aside from you know jumping in the air which uh, according to Marcus Johnson is a bud uh like that's a bud thing like he wants them to close out hard and jump at him so if he's doing what the coach asks, like I can't get like I can't get mad at it, but like I can't get mad at him for that action. So um Yeah, but like I'm not I'm not the big to answer your question, I'm not the biggest Pat fan, but I do feel like the slander that he gets online is a little unwarranted. A little much. Okay, okay. I, I mean the closeout thing, like if he's taught that, I think it's a terrible like you don't go flying at people like that. Like, mm. come on, like as a Come on, man. You can't go flying at people because they're just going to hit you with a pump fake and then mm-hmm. you're going to fly by and then they're going to get an open three, you know, but that's that's just me. OK, so that's how you feel about Pat. Um, so that concludes the the buck side of things. So let's go to uh, we open this up to the whole league now. So this is this is everybody. Right. Um, so out of the whole league. Me, uh, Zach and I answered this already. So out of the whole league, right, anybody that you can pick, what player would you start your team with? Everybody. We got – you can go West Coast, East Coast, down South, Midwest, whatever you want. What one player would you start your team with? Let me – who did you guys say? Zach, you said KD, right? Uh, I said KD was the best player if it's like just – current first season but if i'm building a franchise around it and going more to the young young guys i'd go luca okay and then i said if we're starting a franchise just today and just like one season you gotta go lebron i i I still think it's lebron's league until somebody knocks him off the dude is still good man and you know uh 36 or however old he is dude is still i still think it's it but if I'm thinking like a little bit, you know, two, three years, I'm, I gotta go. You can't not go with Kevin Durant, man. That dude is too efficient, too great, you know. Um, so I would pick uh, Kevin. 
my first answer would be LeBron, and then I would go Kevin. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you to the point of this season. I'm going LeBron. Um, like, he has the crown until somebody takes it. And I know Giannis thinks he took it, but he did not take it. <laughs> you know, like, when he crowned himself, that that wasn't official. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for, for, even with standing his injury this year, like, I, which was kind of fluky, um, yeah, I'm still taking LeBron 10 okay. times out of 10. So, you um, LeBron. Forward looking, like the homer in me wants to say Giannis, but I think Luca is taking it at this point. Like he's significantly younger already, at least on the same level. Like I don't think he's better, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna say better. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. So, and I mean, like he has a game that is more easily, you know, like you can kind of plot out like what he needs to. Not what he's working on. Like, you know the type of team that you have to build around him, and it's a little bit easier to build that type of team versus the type of team that you have to build to put around Giannis. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I got two more questions for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Zach, this is one for you, too. I didn't tell you about this one because I wanted to surprise you. Um, and this is one got, that – You got to love when people surprise you on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> looking forward to this. <laughs> so on the Technical File podcast, there was one um, topic. I like that y'all do – y'all don't just do basketball. You do, like, wrestling. You do other stuff as well. Um, so you did the top – was it top five nicknames mm-hmm. out of all sports? I really like that. And, and it's one that y'all didn't say that I was like, come on, man. Like, why y'all didn't say this? So, um, Eric, top nickname of all time that you got out of any sport, which one was that one? Uh, you put me on the spot because I do not <laughs> remember what I said. Um, <laughs> Zach, who do you got? You got anybody? Uh, top nickname in sports. Now, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say what I think. Y'all didn't say none of, none of the – Technical File podcast said this. I'm going with the Slim Reaper. I think that's a great <laughs> nickname. And that's Kevin Durant, the Slim Reaper. That's who I had. Um, I know somebody said Prime Time. Somebody said Junkyard Dog was a good nickname. Um, so, Zach, what you got? You got anybody? Hey, that's a tough one. There's a lot of nicknames out there. <laughs> yeah, man. It's King James was was set, or chosen one. Uh, chosen one. I know this one's not on the top of rank. A lot of like rankings, um, but I do like Kobe's of the Black Mamba. I think that yep. one's pretty pretty cool. Um, Black Mamba. Um, I like Jesus Shuttlesworth too. It just <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Jesus Shuttlesworth. It was a lot of good nicknames. Oh, I found it. Um, and just to explain, like every every week we do a top five ranking. Um, so the four uh, members of the podcast, myself, Camille, who's been on the show previously, Tim and Ken, we each create a list, um, rank our top five on a given topic. Um, so for sports nicknames, I had Magic Johnson. Magic. OK. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it fit him. Like you know, like and and it's become so ubiquitous. Like people, probably a lot of people probably don't even know his first name is Irving. Like, you know, like it, it's yeah. completely replaced his first name. Like it's just like you, you see magic. Like it fits his game. It fits his personality. Like it perfectly encapsulates Irving Johnson. Yeah, and it's always good when a nickname that you have pretty much says 
who what kind of person you are you know mm-hmm. so that's good um so last question here um eric i'm gonna start with you on this one who will come out the west who do you think is going to be in the finals out of the west uh from regency bias and the fact that i want to meet them in the finals now uh <laughs> i want to say phoenix Ooh. um but i do feel like it's a little early for them um, you know first year together so, to the point that I made about LeBron before, like, he has the crown, so somebody got to take it. So, until I see that, like, I I can't believe that he's not going to to repeat. Yeah. So, okay. I'll go to Lakers. Okay. So, you want Phoenix. I want Phoenix. But you think the Lakers is going to do their thing. Yeah. I mean, assuming they both come back healthy, which, right. I mean, AD is back now. LeBron is apparently a couple weeks away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll still go Lakers. Okay. Okay. Zach, who you got? It pains me that I can't say the Suns as much as I want them to be the team. Like you were saying, outside of Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, no one on our team's played in the playoffs before. So <laughs> I just don't see us being able to make that run, especially when the, right now our first round's the Blazers, then the Clippers, and then if it goes the one seed, it'd be the Jazz. So it's not like we have an easy road to at least like get some playoff experience we're getting faced with Damian Lillard right off the bat. So <laughs> there's not an easy trip to like get some experience. So as much as I want it to be the Suns, and I hope it is, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think wow. with the way, with the way that Paul George has been playing, Kawhi Leonard is obviously a finals MVP in the past. I just feel like uh, they kind of had a down year last year and kind of had something to prove this year too. And I, I can see the Clippers coming out of the West. I don't think the Jazz have a chance, especially with the injury of Donovan Mitchell. Um, Nuggets, same way with Jamal Murray now. And with the Suns having not that much experience, I think the Clippers take out the Lakers this year. Wow. Okay. That's, that's what everybody wanted to see last year. But, you know, Denver did their thing. Um, Eric, you had the Lakers. You want Phoenix, but you had the Lakers. Zach, you got the Clippers, which the Clippers kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. Nobody's really been talking about them to come out the West. It's still LeBron. Denver, Jokic probably is going to win MVP, I think. Um, um, Eric, I got to go with you on this one. Um, I, I would like another team to make it to – if it's a team that I want to see in the finals – it's Portland Trailblazers because I love Dane. Is it Everybody does. It's not going to happen. No. It's not going <laughs> to it's, it's just not going to happen. So I'm rolling with you on that. You don't bet against LeBron, man. I, I learned the hard way. I lost some money betting against LeBron <laughs> in the playoffs. And you just don't do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where I'm like, I can't bet against LeBron. He has AD, and like you were saying, Eric, somebody has to knock them off the pedestal. They won, you know, last year, and LeBron's LeBron's been to, what, 10 finals in the last 11 years? like Something crazy like that, and it's just like, come on, man. Bron is a a finals ticket. That's what it is. He's a finals ticket, and – I haven't seen anybody take that away from him. Uh, but, Zach, that Clippers one, and they just added playoff Rondo, too. 
So that's what I was going to say. They got Rondo, who was on that Lakers team last year, who had a pretty big role in the playoffs. Um, so they got Rondo. They have Ibaka now. They have Cousins. I don't know if he's going to play much. They added Luke Kennard this year. They have a Morris brother who's good on defense. They still have Patrick Beverly. And their young player in Terrence Manson playing really well right now, too. Yeah. So I feel like they just have a full package. And their two superstars of Kawhi and Paul George are both offense and defense of focus. So I don't think they're really lacking anything in any area. Yeah. But people said that last year, people said it last year and they still lost. So I could be completely wrong and they could be a first round exit, but I just feel like they kind of put a full team together this year. That's cool. And I was just going to say, like, I've been impressed with Paul George. Like he really bounced back because like he was really getting it last year in the playoffs and uh, like the way that he's bounced back this year, like he's shooting the hell out of the ball. Like he, he's reaffirmed himself as a legitimate star, which was kind of in question after last season. So, um, like, I, I I could easily see the Clippers coming out of the West. Um, and yeah, to your point, if, I do think that they're flying under the radar. We'll see if playoff peace shows up. You know? we'll see, we'll see <laughs> if you want to know the worst uh, sports nicknames, like, that's got to be up there. <laughs> it definitely has <laughs>